Bum, 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 It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Thanks very much for joining us once again for Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Uh, we're on to series five, and you probably know this because this has all dropped at once onto your phone, all five episodes. Um, so I hope you're pacing it out. I hope you're not just list- blitzing it and listening to us all in one go, because it'll be over so soon, you'll have to wait for ages. Pace it out. Give it a week between them if you, if you possibly can. Or well, don't, you know. It's up to you. Think the choice is yours. True. They can just blitz it all in one go and then watch like some good stuff on like netflix second series of of daredevil making a murderer listen house to of cards house of cards listen to um this is england <laughs> this is england to rob it um and also the um uh the soundtrack to hamilton which daniela goes on about all the yeah, time it can't, it can't be that good hamilton big can't fan. be that good guys alexander stop going on about hamilton. it alexander who <laughs> not not a fan you you're in aaron burr's corner who? You're just <laughs> throwing out all of these names. I'm like, you need to get on board. I, I don't know. You don't, you don't know your founding fathers. It's not. It's not our founding fa- fathers, <laughs> is it? It's the Americans. Though there are Americans that listen. Hello. Um, hope you guys are all right. Um, yeah. This episode is called the Inquisitor, <laughs> and uh, the Inquisitor is just one of the best. Simply, I want to say this quite a lot on the, on this series. Simply one of the best Red Dwarf episodes ever made. Simple it's a good as one. that. It's a good one. It is. It's like Skeletor in it. Skeletor is in it, uh, which which is which is great, and we'll we'll come on to that. But yeah, um, let's get straight onto onto the episode. This one, it, I mean, it, it seems like there's bigger production values, but but probably not. Um, and you can you can tell that this episode is is kind of heavily influenced by things like Terminator and other kind of sci-fi's that are around in in the eighties. And obviously, um, Terminator was influenced by the writings of Harlan Ellison, who, remember I was reading that book the other day about Harlan um, Ellison's short stories? Yeah. Those short stories translate quite well into this episode. They're all kind of about well, things that are just kind of out there um, that come and disrupt your normal everyday life and, and make you question yourself. Um Which is all good sci-fi really should. Um, yeah, so this episode begins with the horrifying a uh, situation where a guy's minding his own business and uh, a figure appears. Skeletor, is that what we're going to yep, call him now? Skeletor from He-Man, the Master of the Universe, appears sans Evelyn, um, and he he's dressed in. Let's let's describe him because I think his appearance is quite important. Explain his appearance, Daniela. He's wearing robes, and yeah, then he's a got cloak. a skeletal face. <laughs> he's got a skeletal so face. That's well, it's more like if he if we went into He Man Master of the Universe territory, he more <laughs> he more looks like 
Morduck. Do you remember him? He was like Skeletor, but with like a mask on. Okay. And yeah, I guess he is a a bit like Skeletor, but probably a lot more menacing because he has what's like a time glove. Um, And he appears in front of a guy called Thomas Allman. Um, I think Allman is, is, is... is why they ah i didn't get that yeah i think it's just to represent that um all men obviously and uh this this figure who we don't know yet says that thomas allman is unworthy of having existed and then he proceeds to erase him from existence and the slightly way he... harsh i don't we don't really harsh. know what he's done he doesn't really get any sort of trial That's the point, or though. Anything. what has he done he hasn't done anything he's had he's had the he's had the gift of life and he's chosen to like Frivers, frivolously throw but it away. The, I mean, as we see later on, the other guys, they get a trial, they get to defend themselves. This guy, he just gets woken up and zap. You're right. You're right. Why didn't he get a trial, yeah. Daniela? Why didn't he get a trial? He's really harsh. He's not even sticking to his own rules. The guy's name is the Inquisitor and he's a self-appointed judge, jury and executioner of the entire universe. Uh, we find out later on he basically lived to the end of the universe and decided to he invented time travel, came back, and he's just exacting... Uh, Sounds like a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. And also, we now know that what's going to happen at the end of the universe, the Inquisitor will be there, apparently. Um, so, yeah, so how he, how he gets rid of people from existence is he first fires at them, which traps them in this kind of, like, red, glowing, kind of orby, slimy stuff, which freezes them. Um, and then that wipes them from existence, and then he can destroy their body, which he does with his glove again, and that just wipes their physical presence out of existence as well. So it's a bit of a process. So before we go on to like this episode, Daniela, justify yourself. Justify myself? Uh-huh. What? Spring this week. Justify yourself. <laughs> what makes you think you have the right to be alive when there's so many other possibilities could have existed in your place? I guess because... I work hard to the point I'm a national expert in my field of work. Okay. So there'll be nobody else to, to do what I do. But are you saying that if an alternative of you couldn't, couldn't have done the same thing? Maybe not. But maybe so. But then how can anyone justify themselves then? Because you have to justify yourself based on what you were given at the start, the raw materials to what you are now. So do you well, think... obviously, like the my raw materials were, I went to school and I studied Haunted and I found school. an op- and I found an opportunity to get into a field where not many people knew so you're a about, and then I became a, yeah, I became a specialist. Well, what have you done to make the world a better place for everyone else? Um, well, I give lots of money to charity. That seems like an afterthought. Why don't you do something to prevent that from happening in the first place? Like what? So instead of giving money money to a dog charity, why don't you go out there and protest do- dog cruelty? Um, I was Justify I was yourself, a sec- I was secretary of Amnesty International at my university. Hey. So I did lots of like petitions and stuff. Okay, you, you make you make a you make a good case for yourself, Daniela. Okay, thanks. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to delete you. Okay. I'm actually enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you don't look like me. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, justify yourself oh, now, Jed. This no. is this is gonna be harder. Your life is <laughs> crime. Harder. Um, okay, what have I done? I think any other alternative version of me would probably 
be a lot more successful. I'm already actually myself in effort. I think any other version of me will probably be a lot more successful in various different important things. But I think my version of me is a more interesting and more I think I do stuff that other people wouldn't necessarily think of. Um and I think I'm quite creative and I create things that wouldn't exist otherwise. Whether it's a benefit to the world, I don't know, but it's benefit it's a benefit to the sensibilities of people who have the same ideas and, and references as me. Um, I guess I've done a lot of charity stuff. I, I, I built things for charities and I was a charity champion at my old work, collecting money all the time, like, um, like doing things like cake sales and I hate cakes. Um, selfless act for me there, Daniela. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But again, if I, if I had to justify myself, justify myself, I probably wouldn't. I probably erase me right now. I okay. Think, to okay. be quite honest, because I think I potentially could have achieved a lot more than I have. I could have. Yeah, I guess. Done something. Like, but again, you can, hindsight, you could have made better decisions and gone different right. ways. Harsh. I mean, no, in general, <laughs> not you. Just people, yeah. yeah. Um. But it's difficult. I think you've got just got to do the best with what is what you say with what you've got. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I. And have. just, I think if you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and stand by your actions and decisions and know that you've done yeah. everything, um, like it's come from a good place, and I think exactly. you're okay. Haven't killed anyone. No. Um, potentially yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah generally a good person so i'd like to think i'd have a, a i think a 50 50 chance survive, survive do you think i, I think so i know i definitely would i think <laughs> I, I think you i honestly i think you would as well um so i think it's 50 50 for me to be quite honest <laughs> um but yeah we'll, we'll we'll see maybe maybe some revelation during this episode and i, and I will uh, uh speak more highly of myself because um, I usually That's do, never don't usually I? a problem. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, so Thomas Allman is wiped out of existence. Um, then we see uh, on Starbug, and the guys are discussing the Trojan War and the mythology of the Trojan horse, um, because Lister is reading the comic book version of uh, the Iliad. So um, if you don't know what the, the Trojan War story, t- two opposing sides, uh, one of them builds a big Trojan horse, their army hides in it, and then um the greeks basically and uh and then they pop out in the night and kill their enemies yeah it's great it's epic you should uh should read it if you're interested in greek mythology because yeah. it's really interesting yeah i mean i've got a passing interest on greek mythology because i like things like xena okay uh, i like greek mythology so i don't watch things like xena <laughs> xena warrior princess is one of the best tv shows ever made <laughs> okay i'll take your word for so, it so yeah i think they're gonna reboot that soon as well i can't wait um, so they're discussing that, and again, if at the start of a Red Dwarf episode there's any mention of either a film, book, any type of literature, you know it's going to play a big part in the episode. Um, it's going to be one of the defining moments of the episode, and it's going to turn up at the end. So when I see things like this, they're talking about the Trojan horse, then I think, then I think to myself, right, okay, at some point. Starbucks is going to go into something and and it's going to explode or something, or it didn't know. No, no, but that's what that's what <laughs> okay. I think. Yeah. You always think it's being set up. Yeah. Okay. But but uh, but yeah, this. You wait for the payoff. Yeah, but it, it comes along later on in a, in a kind of different format. So discussing this, but Starbucks on autopilot, and uh, when they say autopilot, it's actually Holly driving. Which why doesn't Holly drive all the time anyway? Because surely Holly's the best driver. Maybe it's just something for them to do. 
guess so. It must be quite boring. What are they know, doing? They're probably just following Holly's instructions anyway. Yeah, but Why you know. Holly just do it anyway? And they're on a return course back to Red Dwarf. But then all of a sudden we hear uh, Lister and they think this is voice is broken because uh, another voice is coming out of out of his larynx. Yeah, he's being controlled. The, and it's the Inquisitor. And the uh, basically the, the Inquisitor announces that their ship is under his control. Um, and when they get back to Red Dwarf, he's going to be there waiting for them. And why, do, why he doesn't just go onto Starbug, I don't know. Maybe it's just better on Red Dwarf. And uh, yeah, and when when they get there, they will be just uh, they will have to justify their existence. And Chrysan being an intelligent guy, he explains them the story of the Inquisitor. L- he lived till the end of time, and then he went back and and started to judge people. And uh, but everyone thought it was just a kind of a ghost story, a story on the wind. But no, it's a, it's a real thing. If you can hear, like, it sounds like foxes <laughs> screaming or children singing. A pneumatic drill. It's, it's a drill in the background. Um, so I can only apologise for that. Um, this is not a drill. This is a drill in the background. Yeah, so uh, they get back to Red Dwarf. And, um, oh, actually, before that, we hear about, just a little bit more about the, the Inquisitor. And the fact he, the glove is called a time gauntlet. Not a time glove like I misnamed it <laughs> i'd love a time gauntlet if you had a time gauntlet um we've talked about time child before where we'd yeah. want to go but yeah. if you had a time gauntlet where you could go you basically have the power of the entire universe you go to any time any space so it wouldn't necessarily even have to be in earth where what would you do and where would you go i would go a week in the future find out the lottery results and you millions of results and come Why back would you need that you've got a time machine i know i know but it's just so nice to have that feeling knowing that you've won the euro million but you could just go to refine the future bring back a new iphone and then just go to apple go look i've designed your new your next five iphones yeah maybe billions it sounds like quite a lot of hard work what then? Then going back in time and getting a lottery, but then yeah. you're also cheating someone out of their lottery win. Not necessarily. Be, why? Because somebody else could play someone the else. numbers and still get a portion, or yeah. nobody could play the win and numbers, and then nobody would have won. But you're taking money out of someone's baby's mouth. <laughs> baby's mouth. <laughs> yeah, you are. Look, should we have to search, share twenty five million pounds? <laughs> that that could buy a lot of like baby milk. So uh, <laughs> I think they'd be all right. So yeah, and. Uh, Again, like even before this is brought up in the episode, you do have to think: Who is this guy? Who is this smokehead going around thinking he's like the bee's knees? Who is he to judge anyone? Like, what, what, who allowed him to to do this? Like, what right does he have? I don't know. I honestly, don't know. Well, I'm asking these questions, Danielle, and I want the answer. Um, well, you're not going to get it from me, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> and also, I want to discuss what is god because someone who has this ability is effectively god right they have the power of well they're playing god whether they are or not it's a different matter someone's lived till the end of time who's but, but they s- weren't there at the start of time who's to say they couldn't go back to the very very to the big bang and, and kick it off probably because something would have had to have happened to create them in the first place so they would already they would already be Something that why are you whispering this? Them. Am I whispering? I didn't yeah. know. I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was like getting closer and closer. Um, I just sleeping. Well, yeah. Well, that's a question we'll come on to a bit later, I guess. So yeah, so they get back to Red Dwarf, and that's who's waiting for them there, the Inquisitor. And uh, so he takes them basically one by one, and to have an Inquisition. And the first person he begins with is Rimmer. Yep. Uh, he asks Rimmer to judge himself, and Rimmer says, "How do I know it's a fair trial?" 
And he says, because you're judged by yourself and opens his mask and there is a version of Rimmer Rimmer's judging face, him. Yeah. Rimmer's face. But he also has the complete knowledge of Rimmer as well. Because so he knows he's lying. Knows when he's lying. And not, he knows his, his little foibles, his guilt and stuff. So Rimmer, first of all, tries to lie to himself. But um, of course, you can't really lie to yourself. And we can lie to yourself, but it's, it doesn't really work out too well. And uh, basically, he, 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 his case is that he's a nothing. Um, so compared to what, with what he started, uh, nothing is up, which is quite sad. And mm. it's one of the few times Rimmer kind of accepts his kind of place in life. And, but then also, he, as we found out in the episode Justice, he blames himself for the killing of of all the crew members so you because yeah. i thought this was going to come up in this but i thought i thought well, perhaps the, that's pretty resolved now that's why do you think he's kind of got I over think so. oh, yeah i think i think he was um had a bit of uh not redemption yeah but, um a, a bit more of an understanding yeah. and realized that he actually probably wasn't at fault so i think that's probably why it didn't feature but also he's like a hologram like worst case scenario you get turned off you're already dead yeah is it a biggie I guess your kind of existence gets wiped out of human history. Yeah, so so Rimmer is, is judged, um, and then it goes onto the cat, and uh, obviously the cat, being the shallow creature he is, it's kind of like a harmless person. I mean, he only really cares about himself, but it doesn't really affect others. So um, when he is judged by himself, he's he's actually surprised how how shallow he is, but he's a cat, and that's how he is. It, and he isn't harmful He's to anyone very else. Very concerned about his ass. Yeah, he he it brings happiness to to the face of others. <laughs> so um, I, I know how he feels actually, to be honest. So then we get onto Crichton, and Crichton he argues um, quite antagon antagonistically that he's been programmed to do good stuff to humans because um, the Inquisitor is actually trying to ke- give him a give him a bone, trying give to catch him a, a break. Yeah, give him a, a way out. Yeah, and says, so surely you're the most selfless of all because you've dedicated your life to helping other people. And Crichton's like, well, I've been programmed to. So. Which just shows how selfless he is, really, Again, by not, like, scrabbling to... To save make, himself, yeah, yeah. to make an argument. But, I mean, this this is... The, and his kind of selflessness is kind of his undoing, as we see later. Um, and it goes to Lister, who was the only human left alive, don't forget... And uh, Lister, being the being the most human, obviously has that element in him that just thinks, "What the hell are you asking me this for?" And just says, "Spin on it," and sticks his finger up. Probably hurt his finger more than hurt Inquisitor if he did actually spin on it. So yeah, he, he Lister doesn't want to co- cooperate. So that ends the Inquisition sequence, and then he, they all get brought back, and they're all lining up, and the Inquisitor surrounds uh, two of them in kind of red glowing stuff. Well, he, he zaps away, doesn't he? Um, That's right. He zaps away. Cat and Rimmer. And Rimmer. And uh, Lister thinks, oh, you smeghead, you've killed them. And Crichton has to put a hand on his shoulder and warn him. Well, no, I don't think that's quite what's happened. <laughs> They've been put to one side and they're, in fact, the ones that are going to get wiped. So uh, what happens is uh, the red thing goes around them from the Inquisitor's time gauntlet, which wipes them from human history. But their physical bodies are still there. and uh, But they manage to escape. So so uh, they basically go on the run. We've, we've helped from future Crichton yeah that's right so what happens is future Crichton appears behind the Inquisitor and chops off his arm with like a neon chainsaw kind of thing it just this chainsaw <laughs> appears and chops off his hand kicks over the time gauntlet to um 
Fatalista and tries to explain why he's being crushed to death by the Inquisitor, what's going on. Uh, yeah, he just kind of gives them a kind of background of what happens. And then they go running off with this kind of hand of the Inquisitor, this gauntlet of the Inquisitor, and, and seeing Crichton die. So obviously they're panicking because they've got this mad crazy guy chasing them, um, who has seems to have all the power in the world, but now he hasn't got a glove. But also they've seen their friend Crichton die. Yes. So they know that's going to happen at some point in in, in the future, and it's it's quite. I mean, seeing one of the best loved characters, Crichton, your your mate Crichton, seeing him die on screen. Did you think when you first saw this that that, that was going to be it, or did you think? I honestly can't remember what I thought the first time I watched it. Um, I probably didn't. I was probably quite aware that with so few characters, it's unlikely that one of them is going to yeah. get killed off. But well, I do sometimes think Crichton does play the same job as Holly, so. One of them, you can't, you can't really have both of them around at the same time, I think. It's not a great dynamic when you've got two kind of know-it-alls. Um, <laughs> Apart from this podcast. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say we're know-it-alls. No. Um, yeah, and then uh, oh, it's called a hollow saw, by the way. I just remembered. Okay. It's a hollow saw. Okay. Um, like, like the hollow whip from um, oh, a future yes. episode. The last episode. No, the hollow whip is in uh, Demons was, and Angels. But it was referred to in the last. Oh, it episode. was. Yeah, 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 it was as well. Yeah. See, know it all. That's true. Oh, Daniela, <laughs> the Mrs. Know it all. My Never forget the blue midget incident, Daniela. When you thought there was a genuine blue midget. Let's not bring that up, of course. When we go to this red dwarf oh, uh, convention. No. Next year, you, I'm going to dress up as a blue, blue midget. Yeah, you tie, <laughs> shoe, you tie shoes to, to to your knees and paint yourself blue. But people will think you're a Smurf, right? Oh, yeah. I saw. A I dressed the other up day. once as a fancy dress party as a Smurf. Which one? Um, Smurfette. Smurfette, yes. Right. So the other day, I was uh, last Wednesday. I was doing something, and um, I th- and I was speaking to. I was in a venue, and I was basically speaking about how we might need a midget for something. Um, this and if this sounds wrong to you, I'm really sorry, but we we needed a small person for a particular thing, and it would be for their benefit. Um, and um, I don't know if you remember this, Danielle, but I've always had this dream of becoming friends with a small person. Okay. Yeah, and I, I want no idea where this is going. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I really I I used to live next to this um small person. I don't know what the correct word is. Say small person, midget, dwarf. What's the best thing that won't get me into trouble, uh, Daniel? Vertically challenged. Small person. <laughs> and I tried to befriend him. I kept on seeing him in shops and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, how are you doing?" Just, just hated me. Just, he just had, he just hated me. Um, so like, I was, I, I was speaking to this guy about want, wanting to meet a midget. And then I went into a coffee shop, um, to get a decaf because I drink decaf now. And I uh, guess who served me a midget, a midget girl as well. Um. And I can only apologise for those no. out there if any of you um, are not <laughs> are not as tall as us. No, I don't know. I don't know. No, but you know, it's it's quite surprising, especially I was, uh, I was talking about it. So I said, so I also asked for a decaf, and I couldn't help myself. I was like, oh, so how long have you worked here? And that was the kind of emphasis. That was the kind of basis for her telling me her entire life story. So I got her entire life story right. Okay. Fifteen took fifteen minutes. It's great. I'm not going to tell you the whole story now. But then the, the kind of not the funny thing, but the kind of like alarming thing is, since she told me this, cause it's quite heartwarming story. Then the other person that worked there, this girl, walked past me and went, "Oh, I see you're talking to, to talking to Hobbit." Oh, and I, and I was that's like, really me. And I was like, oh yeah. 
And then she went, oh, no, I love her, really. And I was like, that's really not nice. No, that's horrible. Yeah. What did we get on the dwarfs again? I have not. Blue midget. Blue midget and red dwarf, anyway, I guess, yeah. Get, get it back onto the Inquisitor. <laughs> back to the Inquisitor. Um, and if, the, if you are a small person out there, get in touch. Let's hang out. Um, they return, uh, yeah. Not you, mum. <laughs> no, your mum's your mum's like a normal size for a for a mum. You know how mums are small. <laughs> you, oh no, Nicole. she'll kill me if I say Nicole. it. Can you edit? I'll tell you, but you edit it out. Okay. Okay. So you know the film "Don't Look Now." there's a midget in the red Italian midget my mum had a red coat like that and I teased her about it to the point that she refused to wear it again did she turn around suddenly with a knife every now and again (laughs) oh dear that film is haunting so Crichton and Lister escape from the Inquisitor with this time gauntlet um, and they are found by Rimmer and Cat but they soon realise that Rimmer and Cat don't know who they are. They think they're kind of mental cases. Um, and Rimmer just wants to shoot them um, because they could be aliens, I guess, Quagars. Um, but then uh, the new Lister and the new Crichton turn up. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, and they just look like weird versions of them, like the Lister. Yeah. They could have got Lister's brother to, again, come back and like play <laughs> the alternative <laughs> version of Lister. on holiday. I guess so. But the version of Lister, do you think he was Scouse to start with? Because I think it was quite a bad Scouse accent. Yeah. It was like my Scouse accent. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that bad. What? And then we see this kind of weird version of Crichton. And you think Crichton is a, a, a model who is replicated probably across the universe. So why this guy looks any different? It should have just been this Robert Llewellyn, just with different mannerisms, maybe. He should have looked the same, no? An alternative version of Crichton? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so um, they... they they know that um, now that they've been wiped from ex- existence and their own friends don't really know who they are. Um, but um, what happens then is uh, the Inquisitor turns up and attacks them. And luckily for um, for the narrative, the new Lister and the new Crichton die, which is which makes it easy so you don't have to explain them not being there for the rest of the series, I guess. And they get to the transport deck um, and they do that. Do you remember how they do that, Daniela? How they get so through? He, um, Lister cuts off the hand and uses it on the yeah the pad thing. On yeah, yeah. which is what I think. Which what grossed Crichton out hugely. Which is like, yeah. I thought, you know, it was, it was clever thinking of him. It I was, was quite surprised and and pleased. <laughs> but do you not think that this is very prescient for what's happening now with like like with your phone? You need you need it like uh, your thumbprint and stuff, and to get into places, you need your thumbprint. People are just going to have their hands lopped off. Because I can pay for, thing, for things with I, my thumbprint I can't now. think of why anyone would want to get into my mobile phone. To get my phone number, I, c- I can only assume. If, uh, anytime you, <laughs> well, obviously. You, anytime you go to a modelling agency. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm frequently there. <laughs> you know, to pick up stuff and to like, I don't know. It, to, I'm quite scared by, by the fact that uh, of like biotechnology, um, not only having like a chip in your brain that makes you clever like the last episode, but like... The fact that we're going to be so reliant on our fingerprints and stuff like that, criminals will just think of ways to get our fingerprints, and the easiest way to do that is to cut our hands off or cut our fingers off. Um, and I'm not. I'm. I, I hope to be a, a, a good concert pianist. Pianist one day. One day, keep practicing. I do. I really do in secret. And yeah, so um, Lister uses um the, the hand of his counterpart to get through certain doors. It's pretty disgusting, really, but it's also really funny. And you can tell it's a really rubbery fake hand as well. And uh, that's when Crichton 
thinks of the plan based on the kind of garbled words that his uh, that the dead counterpart uh, told him he realizes uh, what he has to do so they get through the uh, into the transport deck with the dead hand of list of lister's alternative um and that's where they confront the inquisitor uh, joined by rimmer and cat who will also get killed by the inquisitor as well so pretty much it's going to be the end of Red Dwarf really and after this uh, Crichton decides to go back in time to sacrifice himself so they can kind of get into the mess that they currently in now but in the, in the meantime they manage to kind of knock out the Inquisitor and next Lister quite cleverly dangles the Inquisitor over a, a chasm in Red Dwarf, yeah, right? this this was quite clever because I didn't I didn't really figure out why he was doing. It's this. quite clever, yeah. but then if you think about it, it doesn't it wouldn't really work. But yeah, and I think that the kind of like the the setting, the kind of like the the um the setting of this scene is really good because it does kind of look like a a big warehouse. I can't remember where they filmed this, but I know. Um, but yeah, it really looks like a big massive spaceship, like from Aliens or something. And he's dangled over this chasm. Is it chasm or chasm? Chasm. Chasm. Basically, he's, he's going to die um, and it's going to kill the Inquisitor. But then he ha- his Lister's whole idea is that if he saves the Inquisitor um, and then the Inquisitor kills him, he won't be there to save him. But then, the Inqu- So he saves the Inquisitor before he drops, pulls him up onto the platform, explains to the Inquisitor that now he is unkillable because he saved his life but the Inquisitor says, well if, you weren't, if I raise you from history, you won't be there to threaten my life in the first place. Yeah, true. And Lister says, like, well, I didn't think of that. But, but it was quite clever thinking on Lister's part. It was, but it was quite clever acting on Lister's yes. part because he was playing the role of someone yes. semi-stupid because what they've done in the meantime is they have uh, messed around with the time gauntlet, or Crichton has anyway because it's clever, and he's made it kind of, what's the word, on reverse or something, and backfires and it erases the whoever's wearing it, and that's the Inquisitor. So... He basically erases all of the good, in, in quotation mark, all the good work the Inquisitor has done. Um, so all the people he's killed needlessly because, on a whim because he thinks they're not worthy, they've obviously all come back to life. But I wonder how that's affected the timeline because maybe they've met people in their lives who have been, who are the alternative versions that the Inquisitor brought into existence. And now, because that's been reset, now maybe then they won't have the same kind of life experiences. Yeah. Possibly, but... So, um, yeah, so the Inquisitor is is gone and the timeline is restored. So Crichton, Rimmer and Cat all appear all alive. But again, would that happen? Because, like, there's so many... They've messed with the timeline so much. Like, would they all come back? Or maybe... It's a bit like in time slides where the, where the, where the time realigns itself and they yeah, all come back. I guess you, ne- you never know who you would have met during your life that would have been replaced. Yeah, exactly. What if there was an alternative version of me, Daniela? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think the alternative version of me, if 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 it's a better version of me, that is according to in, in this premise, probably wouldn't be doing podcasts. I think the alternative version of me would be much better with her finances. She'd be more fiscally aware. Do you think? Yes. But then, do you think the alternative version of you would know the alternative version of me? so because the, alter- so. the alternative um Crichton and Lister were still on the ship weren't they I, but I didn't believe her if there wasn't a version of me I probably wouldn't have done anything to do with Birdemic Birdemic franchise and then you probably wouldn't have known me true true Birdemic brought us together guys it did <laughs> weird um 
yeah so it's, i think it's it's a quite an interesting concept and i think there are definitely flaws in in, in the logic here but also with this red dwarf you have to sometimes take a step back from logic yeah definitely. just so you can enjoy it and don't think too hard because if you think too hard it's going to ruin the episode for you and this episode is just a, a brilliant one really um and uh this episode ends with um them doing a high five please say you like this episode better than quick well, well hold on well Crichton offers a high five but Lister decides to give him I can give you 15 it's because, that's good yeah it's great because he has the dead guy's hand still even <laughs> but you'd think that dead hand would disappear but by if now if you're right? holding it are you giving him an extra five I guess so, but wouldn't that hand disappear if the timeline has realigned? Oh, I don't know. True. But maybe because it was detached from him and it was maybe. not part of him anymore. I don't know. What happened to that hand? I wonder what they did with it. Throwing it out the window, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, but let's see what Tom Stubb has to think about. He's had a, He's been in a black hole for a week now. Um Daniela, what, do you know why he might have been in a black hole? Um, I'm hoping to find out. <laughs> yeah, let's find out. Tom Stab, are you there? Smokehead's calling Tom Stab. Come in, Tom Stab. Oh, Jed, thank God you're here, man. Well, yeah. It's I'm, been it's, like a week. I know. It's been a week or possibly a day or possibly five minutes since the last time you heard from Tom Stab. Um, yeah, well, how have you been in this last week in your black hole? Well, I've, I've got, well, this is the second week now. I'm concerned about your black hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you're not the first person to be concerned I know. About I mean, and, and thank you for, like, you don't need to worry, but thank you. I'm for glad. Your, like, thank you so much. I think you do need to check sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, do check. <laughs> please, guys out there, please check your black holes. Yeah. I mean... Um, Get your girlfriend to check your black holes if, if, you're, if you're afraid. Even if, you know, I haven't got it, even if I you know, did find something, I wouldn't be able to get it. <laughs> no, it's lost in my own black you're hole. You're lost in your black hole. How deep is your black hole, Tom Stab? Uh, as deep as you need to <laughs> How deep is your love? Um, well, thanks very much for um, um, stopping whatever you're doing inside this black hole. I mean, I'm killing a lot of time. Yeah. I've got a lot of time to kill. What, what exactly are you, do, are you doing? Have you done that Rubik's Cube yet I sent in? This is the highlight of my week. Excellent. I mean, what I don't even know what a week is anymore. Yeah. I mean, I assume. Uh, the I, Rubik's I, Cube, I mean, it's very... De- I mean, I'm going to... I'm really sorry that it was all red stickers. Well, no, I'm just going to... I can't see, so I'm just going to say yes, I think I... Yeah. I solved it. I broke the record. I broke the world record for solving Rubik's Cube. That is amazing. in one move. Um, I accidentally sent in loads of urine. Um, I'm really <laughs> sorry. Form. Just, Just urine. I just... I just needed to go, so I'm really sorry. If you thought that was like some kind of like savior or some kind of like water or something, well, no, luckily uh, it missed. Okay, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I smelled something, but then you know, yeah, it, it missed me. Luckily, exactly. Well, well, you're in a black hole, and you probably haven't had a bath in a black hole for a while. What do you need to? Uh, well, no, I'm just kind of floating here, so that's true. I mean, it's very difficult to keep the the the, the uh, TV and the the Apple TV from floating away so That's I have right. to hold it the whole time which is wow. really, really for eternity yeah, almost could you, could you like sort me out some string or rope or something like that oh, I'll, see, I'll see what I'll see what I can That'd do awesome, I'll see what I can I do uh, but yeah so we, we've uh, contacted you in this black hole um, for your opinion for your Tom Stab in the Dark um, what are we talking about this week we are talking about the Inquisitor oh. you could deal with the Inquisitor's help in that black hole you'd probably get you out if you had his glove 
Yeah, but I don't know if I'd, I'd, I'd have to justify myself. Yeah, so. that is true. And I don't know if I could justify it. I don't it. think either of us would do too well. Um, so what do you think about this one? What it's, it's, I mean, I've always held Series 5 in quite high regard. Yeah. But actually, going back and watching it, there's a lot of real sort of hard sci-fi episodes in this series that yeah. are perhaps arguably more sci-fi than they are comedy. And this is even when... Yeah. I mean, this is... Well, this is, I think this one's a better issues. mix than the last episode. The, like, the Hollership was just pure sci-fi, almost zero comedy, but Jane Horrocks. This one oh, has a good Super mix. Smart Rumor was funny in Hollership. I guess, yeah, I guess. Right. But yeah, Inquisitor. Again, yeah, quite a, another sci-fi heavy... Yeah. Episode. I'm starting to feel like you don't like this episode. I can I can hear it in. I mean, it might be the black hole interference, but <laughs> I think there are stronger. I, I mean, again, it's one of those I- ones where the it the the. I mean, we, um, there are definitely elements in this series that have really striking visuals or elements of, yeah. of it. Like you know, um, later on in in quarantine, Rimmer in the dress and Mr. Flibble yeah. and. Teams and Angels, Rimmer dressed as... Uh, Rimmer really goes You like Rimmer dressing up? Oh, wow, this is a real Rimmer-centric Rocky, series, Rocky isn't it? Yeah, sort of vibe going yeah, on. yeah. And this one is the Inquisitor, like his helmet and yeah. the, the, the image of him sitting on the throne and, you know, it, uh, the, the helmet opens and each time it's... It's great, yeah. It's really great. Again, not massive... Like not a huge amount of comedy in this episode. Here's a question though, and this is this this will tell whether you've got um, a black hole syndrome, which is when you've gone black hole crazy. Um, do you prefer Hollowship to the Inquisitor? Yes. I think you might be a lost cause. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> um, that's interesting. No, I do know a lot of people who've who've now decided that Hollowship is the best one of series five and all, almost their favourite episode. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. It, st- it stands up more than I thought it would, um, and it's a, it's a more adult episode. I, I, when I was, when I was rewatching this, yeah. I was, whenever I've been on the podcast in the past, yeah, when you were back on Earth, I would watch the episode and I'd make notes. Yeah, and um, I I did this for the Inquisitor, and I just yeah. I found myself just not making any notes. I was just like, I, there wasn't much that I could pick out from this episode that really. Yeah, made it, stand it was sort of out. talking. I mean, I get like, I think that the standout, uh, which we've discussed in, in, in the podcast a bit, there's the kind of standout bits, the, kind of the, the whole time travel stuff, which I thought was really nicely done. Um, I like the time glove stuff. I like I like the actual character of the Inquisitor. It's a real good idea that he survived to the end of, end of the universe and has gone back and decided he's God. Um, so, so, yeah, some strong sci-fi themes. Um, there seems to be like there seems to be a more focus on the sci-fi in this series. Just throughout yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think you know this this is this is a really strong series. I really like this series. It's yeah. Favorite. Wow. I know it's your favourite. Probably is my favourite. Just the quality of the episodes. I mean, think of the Inquisitor. Uh, back to reality, um, quarantine. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair I th- enough. I think uh, if, I think if be my favourite. Half it, the episodes it, are classics. That's pretty pretty good going. I mean, there's a couple like Terraform, not so hot on that, and and Demons and Angels is all right in in hindsight. Um, 
But yeah, we'll come to that when we come to that. So what are your final thoughts on um, The Inquisitor? What's your final Tom Stab in the Dark? It's a, it's a solid episode. It's a maybe seven out of ten, six and a half, seven out of ten. Okay. If, we're, if we're pitchfork marking, it's six point yeah. eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cool. I'll go, yeah, but... A lot of the things in this series are, the, are what people know about Red Dwarf and what yeah. people love about Red Dwarf. There's yeah. just loads of iconic scenes here, you're right. Um, possibly, more, possibly more than any other yeah. series. I think two's a, series two has a lot of memorable stuff as well. Um, but yeah, well, thanks very much, Tom Stab. Thanks, man, for, for your Tom Stab in the Dark. Taking the time to come and find me. And, no worries. And, we'll we'll try you, and rescue you yeah, at some really point. Do step it up because it's. It's two weeks now, and yeah, I'm really sorry. I am trying. I'm really trying. I'm trying to avoid watching any horror on Netflix, but it's going to get to a point where I've watched everything on Netflix and I have to watch the horror. Yeah, be careful because being in the absence of like light and time, yeah. it could really affect you. Yeah. But I, I will we'll really try to, to 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 rescue you. Maybe like. Daniela could help a little bit because she's, yeah. she's been notable in her absence so far. Maybe she just not that bothered about. Well, every every time I I try to contact you, um, she goes into like this weird, weird fugue state where she's just silent. So maybe she's something to do with it. I don't don't know. Whoa. We we don't know why. We don't know how you got in that black hole. Did you? What was the last thing you remember? Um, you were with Daniela. Then what happened? Well, we were doing the podcast. Right. The last time I was on the podcast, and yeah. then um, I remember getting uh, like putting my jacket on and saying like goodbye to you guys, yeah. opening the door, yeah. to leave, and then just black. I don't remember anything. And then you were in that black hole. And then I was in the black. Then I woke up and I had an Apple TV. I had a I had my phone. I had a Wi-Fi passcode. And that's really weird. Because yeah. that was the same day when I said Daniela, uh, you, you go to the train station. She's like, no, I've just got something to do. I was like what? She was like, nothing. Can you have a word with her and okay. also maybe try and send maybe like a, a beer or like yeah. a packet of crisps or something? We'll like, try. Yeah, you've got to be hungry. It's been a couple crisps. of weeks. Yeah, I miss crisps. Are you still drinking your own urine? Well, um, what else am I going to drink? My urine that I sent in. Well, no, you missed. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> okay, well, we'll hopefully contact you next week for the next episode. Yeah, help me out, man. Okay, thank you, Tom Stab in the Dark. Thanks, dude. Bye. Bye. And that was Tom Stab with Stab in the Dark. Daniela, it's just None weird. None the wiser. None the Why wiser. Why was he in a black hole? None the wiser. It's really weird. I'm sure you know something about this, Daniela. Nope. Okay. Uh, well, that's the end uh, of the episode. All we have to do now is go to the Smegheads charts. And here's the Smegheads charts. Number one, Polymorph. Number two, Backwards. Number three, Thanks to Memory. Number four, Maroons. Number five, Justice. Number six, Better Than Life. Number seven, Stasis League. Number eight, Quig. Number nine, DNA. And last week's new entry, Hollowship at number ten. To the Inquisitor, Daniela. Do you think it's a top ten? Yes. Right, whereabouts? I think I'd put it in a number five. I really like this episode. Not not bad. I agree it is better than Justice, and Justice is too high anyway. It's not better than Maroon, which is number four. Is it better than Better Than Life? Yeah. Wow, it's two episodes in the round, I want to agree with you. Oh, well done. That's really sad. I don't I'm sure it won't carry on like that. So, yeah. So, the new top ten is... Polymorph, Backwards, Thanks for the Memory, Marooned, The Inquisitor, Justice, Better Than Life, Stasis League, Quig, DNA is at number 10, and Holoship's pushed down to a number 11. And that's the Snakehead's charts for this week. Daniela wins again, guys. So what do the people on the board think of The Inquisitor? 
Stephen Simpson says, I really love this episode for the judgement scenes between the Inquisitor and the crew, with the ultimate twist that the members who we wouldn't think having a chance of getting a brief does. Uh, Jack Duckety plays the Inquisitor very well for me. Simon says, again, the Inquisitor, another classic, the Inquisitor himself is suitably menacing without feeling the need to camp it up, up for comic effect. I can't help wonder why Thomas Allman at the start didn't get a trial and appears to have just been executed out of hand. Very good point. Some good twists throughout with the characters judging themselves, Cat and Rimmer being spared, and the end with Lister finally outwitting the Inquisitor. Uh, good point. JMC2000 says, My chief objection... JMC hates everything. JMC2000 says, My chief objection to this episode is conceptual inconsistency. As It's going to go deep, isn't it? As Simon notes, Ullman is the victim of summary justice, but our heroes get a chance to plead their cases. The criteria for judgment are, are unclear. Christen advises that you simply have to lead a life that wasn't totally egocentric, vain and self-serving, but everyone is judged by their own selves, and Cat is saved precisely by his vanity. Wow, good point. At the same time, Rimmer is saved by his simmering resentment, caused him, causing him to blame others for his faults, while Crichton is damned by his humility. The Inquisitor merely enforces their opinions of themselves, which is a terrible measure of worth. JMC is getting down and deep, getting psychological with us guys. He goes on to say, to explain his judgments, he tells Crichton and Lister that by their own low standards, Rimmer and Cat, uh, they've acquitted themselves, whereas you and the Mechanoid could have been so much more. That clearly isn't the case for Rimmer, as we learn in the next episode. Even by his own low standards, he despises himself, nor is it true of Crichton, who's already overachieved in terms of personal development having partly broken his programming. It's hard to see any mechanoid passing the test if Crichton doesn't pass with flying colours. Very good point. Um, the Inquisitor is inconsistent. PJ McBell says, this one gets me every time. This is a situation where, in my limited sci-fi experience, I think Red Wolf does something really damn impressive and thinks through an episode, doing something quite original in some way. Other examples I can think of be future echoes and time slides. The Inquisitor is a perfect villain. A bit of a shame he's not a recurrent villain, but then Red Dwarf isn't that kind of show. Love that everyone is judged by themselves. It's the only fair way. The whole time shenanigans, Crichton sacrifice himself, and then remembering later on that he's got to go back and sacrifice himself. The only issue I'd find would be the backfiring Gauntlet, as the Inquisitor probably could have got out of that by coming back in time to tell himself about it. Good point. Actually, that couldn't happen here, as the Inquisitor wasn't informed about the backfiring Gauntlet until after it had backfired. So if he had come back in time to tell himself about his future self, he wouldn't have known about it because it didn't backfire because he still existed so he wouldn't be able to come back in time to tell his past self about it because if he had it would have meant the gauntlet would have backfired so he couldn't exist and if he didn't exist he couldn't come back in time to warn his past self that he wasn't going to exist because he wouldn't be existing okay yeah <laughs> great episode and we'll end it on that bombshell that's what the guys on the board think of the inquisitor so and that's the end of the episode. Number two, are you blitzing these guys? Are you, are you, are you separating it and listening to it from week to week? Please let us know. And please let us know what you think of the new format um, of the new of adverts of of anything really. Um, my name's Jed Shepherd. You can find me on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J E Z S H E P H E R D. Same on Instagram, postpoprecords.com, postpoppodcast.com. If you want to see show notes and links to things uh daniela where can we find you i'm on twitter at daniela one l phillips yeah so just cc us all into a twitter tell us what you think about red dwarf next week's another great great episode i think and uh we will see you then see you later make heads bye bye
Smeg Heads is produced by Jed Shepard, that's me, and it's part of the Post Pop Network. If you want to find out more about what podcasts we have and what records we release, go to postpoprecords.com. Also, check out Monkey Tennis.